tags, no tags. What's up, good people? Welcome to a brand new episode of Midnight Drop. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Thanks again for coming in for a brand new episode of the podcast with Lance, as always. Back yeah. at it. So today, we're actually going to be talking about a couple of things right here. We're going to be talking about Swarm, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and just chilling for all intents and purposes. But just want to let you guys know that you'll have new episodes of us every Wednesday and Friday. We'll be recording and we'll be posting stuff out there uh, either the day of or in the following day. Uh, but be sure to check us out on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and all platforms where they showcase podcasts, videos, and all that sorts. But that being said, let's go ahead and get into the podcast. All right. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Let me turn down this TV. I can hear my echo. Goodness gracious. You know what's one thing that sucks whenever I do the intros and stuff? What? I can't put on the uh, theme song because, like, the theme song on Zoom, it's, like, so crackling. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah. I can't even do that, but no. Nah. You don't need to worry about it, bro. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, man. But, nah, man. It's good to be over here on this good... Wednesday, I think Wednesday afternoon, right? How you been doing, man? I've been I've been doing good. I've been doing good, man. Honestly, how about you? I'm chilling, man. I just came back. Uh, I just got done with an assignment for school. Um, had breakfast, all that. So, uh, just preparing for this. Had a TikTok video I posted. After this, I should be posting another YouTube video, another TikTok video. Going to the gym and then going to class. Big bet, bet, I yeah. Yeah. I just uh. I also heard some news about TikTok getting banned. I was like, whoa. Yeah, a lot of people don't like TikTok. Yeah, no, it's like the the U.S. government is actually like going in and like actively discussing like putting a band on TikTok, and not just on government employees and stuff, but like actual like the actual everybody. Oh, everybody, yeah, and. I just posted a quick video on it. Um, got a troll, said something, some BS, and then, uh, yeah, I was just like, hey, you know, just start posting everywhere else on YouTube or Instagram, you know. And whatever happens, happens. I don't know. So, that's about it for me today, though. That was a pretty good day. Pretty good. Pretty good start to my day, though. That's good, man. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, I ain't gonna look crazy. Um, shit, man. I also got to figure out. Uh, I also got to figure out what day I'm gonna go see John Wick, and also if there are any other movies I want to go see besides that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, are you gonna go see John Wick? Uh, John Wick, John Wick this week or no? Uh, I'm a, I'm a actually try to. I I love John Wick, bro. I I, I remember uh, binge watching like the first three because I didn't watch any of them until like after the third movie came out. So like. I was like, bro, what is this movie, right? So I just sat down, watched all three, and I'm like, oh, oh, this, oh, this, 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 nice. So, yeah, I'm gonna definitely be watching that one. I don't know if I'll watch it this weekend. I will try to, but I'm a, for sure gonna watch that. Like, it's, it, bro, John Wick's amazing, bro. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a successful action franchise. I'm surprised it's at where it's at because. I just remember when the when the when the movie came out, the first one came out. There was a trailer, it was hyped up. People were like, "Oh, okay, it's just gonna be another one of those like throwaway movies." Like, 
films that you'll just watch on streaming and then it came out and it's like holy shit this is this is awesome <laughs> and yeah. john and, and i think it kind of like revitalized keanu reeves career because i think a lot of people were just saying that he just wasn't that great of an actor like come on yeah. bro what's going on <laughs> it's like it and now with like i don't think I don't think I think there are some people who would say that the John Wick franchise may be a little overrated, but that's a small percentage of people. I think when you just look at reviews and stuff, it's like everybody likes these films. I think the action, the cinematography, everything looks great. Uh, and the reviews for John Wick 4 seem really dope. I think it has like a 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. OK, cool, cool. Yeah. The, the only thing is that's making me think about when I want to go see this movie is that the movie is like two hours and 45 minutes. So I'm like, ooh. Wow, I did not know that. Okay. It was like three hours. So it's just like yeah. Yeah. And I and I've watched John Wick one, two, and three. So I was gonna go try to rewatch them, probably do like a whole uh video on them, just try to like give out my thoughts. But honestly, it's like eh, I'm still gonna go see it. It's just a matter of like how much time do I want to dedicate to it? Like, do I wanna go see it? Thursday, like the day before it's like released and, you know, just watch it for the night and call it a day. Do I want to go watch it on a Friday or do I want to do it after working on Saturday and just kind of like, you know, just have that as like a little chill day for me. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I don't know. But like, yeah, I'm just like a little pumped for it, a little pumped to see this movie. There's been a lot, a lot of good movies that have come out this month. I'm not going to lie. This, this month has been kind of stacked with films. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I because after this week we are at because next week we have Dungeons and Dragons, and that movie's been getting good reviews. Really? Yeah, it's got like an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. And some people didn't talk about they were pleasantly surprised about that film. So I'm just like, wow. Uh okay, this is gonna be really cool. This this month has been filled with good movies, uh, or at least okay movies. The only film that's been okay has been Shazam. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm a little surprised, but yeah, I'm very happy to see some good movies out there, man. But oh yeah, so I'm gonna go see John Wick. Um, mm, I'm not gonna lie, today has been today today has been one of those just like it's busy today, but I'm happy today's happening, so I'm not even gonna fret fret too much about it. Um, and then I guess. I guess like we'll go in straight into just one of our first big topics. Uh, and that was the one show that you had told me about that I immediately watched as soon after we had that last episode. I think it was Swarm. Yeah, bro. What do you think? Man, let me. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts because I just got off the phone with my girl about it and we were just talking about it a little bit more. And I think this is one of those shows where like my opinion has changed so much in the course of the last couple of days that it's just so weird to get a, to get like a fluid point, to get like a strong point on what I want to make. But, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I honestly, I like it, but I have, I have my thoughts. Like I'll start off by saying first, like what this show is all about, you know, what to, what people should expect going into the show and, Straight up, Swarm is a show that's all about uh, this young woman that's played by Dominic Fishback. The character's name is Dre, and she's a 
big fan of like this pop star uh, named Nyjah, who's directly referencing to Beyonce. And one day something tragic happens to one of her best friends, like her foster sister. And she then goes on a killing spree with anyone who badmouths not only her foster sister, but also her favorite artist, Nyjah. And the show Swarm, its title is basically the title of the entire group. Uh, of people who love the artist Nyjia, which is also a reference to Beehive, uh, a group that loves Beyonce. And I got to say, man, like this show being on Amazon Prime, being filmed the way it was, one of my first thoughts to it is that this is literally one, this is this felt like an episode of Atlanta that Donald Glover wanted to put out during like season three, and it got stretched out. And everybody loved it. And like people were just like so, so like everybody loved it. And he was just like, let me go ahead and like make this an entire series because it really gave me that season three Atlanta vibe. You know what I mean? Dude, really? It did like like in the in the ways of like like randomness or like in in like what ways? It, it just in the way of like how I feel like if we were watching, if Atlanta was still going on, like, you know, those episodes in season three and some in season four to where Donald Glover will go out and just make an episode about something that had nothing to do with the storyline. And it was just like a black mirror type of thing. Mm, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I would yeah. honestly, honestly, I wouldn't even say it's like a, like season three. Cause I remember he even had that in season one with all those random commercials, like them, you remember, yeah, all of that, and then, yeah, so, but no, definitely, I know exactly what you mean, especially with how he, like, made this seem like a real thing, like, with the whole documentary episode and everything like that, like, that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I felt like it was more season three, because season three, it was just, it was like, it was alternate episodes of like, we're going to the main storyline and then we're going to the, like this, this whole new thing. And then all main storyline back and forth. But I get it though. Like it, like season one did have the commercial season two. We did have a story, an episode or two where it did devolve into something else, but yeah, it, it felt like its own thing. But I mean, there are, there are so many things to go off on and Honestly, man, like if, if there's one strong positive to say about this show, it's Dominique Fishback. I feel like oh, that was yeah. the yeah. This show. Yeah. yeah I, she, better, like, she better get an Emmy. That's all I gotta say. If she don't get an Emmy, that shit rigged, bro. I'm sorry. Man, we already know the we already know war shows are are, are weird and biased, but like, no, nah, like like <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like she did deserve an Emmy on this one. I felt like this is a a great performance. Uh, that if if there are other things about this show that were better, this would have been awesome. But like, no, like, tell me straight up how you felt about the show in general, man. I want to know your thoughts, bro. I was just shook, man. Like, like, like I I like how it was like him trying to like shed light on what is it like toxic fandom where like fans go like above and beyond for people that idolize and this is that, 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 and the third. Like, I think it was like a cool uh, topic to touch on. And then plus kind of like to, to give like a, I don't know, like, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's something different in the sense of we're seeing like a black woman serial killer. We don't see that a lot, like at all. So it's kind of like, wow, this is something different, something new. 
And just most of all, yeah, like I was just super impressed by Dominic Fishback's performance. Like if anything, that was the thing that was really keeping me in in it and keeping me truly like involved just because like she really had me believing everything she was doing. Now, mind you, was there some things I was like, bro, what in the world? But yes, yes, there were several moments like that. But at the end of the day, hey, I was, hey, I was, I was just, I was intrigued the whole time. I was definitely entertained. So, hey. Oh, I, I was intrigued too. I, I was definitely intrigued. I felt like going back to Dominique Fishback, she was the strongest point in this entire show. And I feel like she's a very underrated actress. She's been in some great projects, uh, Project Power. Uh, I think we were talking about how uh, she was in The Hate You Give, Judas and the Black Messiah. And I think feel like in this project alone, this one was was like one of like her her best performances to date. And I feel like it shows that she's very versatile in just what she does as an actress. Um, Man, there there was just a lot of scenes where like I just paused and it showed her and in her insanity. I think one in particular episode one, you know how like she uh and spoiler for anyone who watches it who hasn't watched it yet, but in episode one, uh pretty much after the death of her foster sister, she goes out to like her her uh, ex boyfriend's house, and I guess her ex boyfriend talked about like she didn't go to the funeral, like he didn't go to the funeral because he was afraid, he was nauseous and stuff, and he he's been going through it. He's about to go make some tea and she literally just grabs like the lamp and just kills him. And then the, sh the the camera goes up and shows her like going up all this blood on her face and like her eyes. And it just it's, it feels like straight up like one of those. It comes out with like it feels like that scene was straight out of like those old school, like horror thriller yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah. And I was put the shit in black and white. It would be perfect. <laughs> no, for real. That would actually be really cool, especially since it was shot on film, too. Like. I feel like they could get away with that if they really wanted to. But yeah. yeah. Golly, her eyes and then like blood and then the angle. Oh my gosh. That like I, I don't know. I, I was even very happy with the, the cinematography too. So yeah, I took a screenshot of that whole of that whole face. And I, I just want to be like, yeah, that's the face of a crazy woman. But yeah, the right. cinematography was the cinematography here was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I feel like that's something that I appreciate the most from people like Donald Glover or like they really want to give out a type of project that is inspired, that's creative, that looks nice. Uh, and, and it, you know, it, it it gave me still vibes of Atlanta. I feel like anything that Donald Glover makes at this point, people are going to be like, man, it's just like Atlanta. And it's like, yeah, it is. Because Atlanta was like, was a stepping stone into black entertainment and, and black creativity and TV and movies. And I feel like he, he started that. I feel like he really put that into it, man. Um, man, like there are so many great things. Hold on. I'm going to ask this real quick, just to get out the way. What was your reaction to, what was your reaction to like the, that one scene in the beginning with Chloe and, and uh, Dameson? I was like, I was like, Golly, man, man. Nah, bro. It was also just because it's like, dude, that man, that man did that scene and then went home to Lori Harvey too. Oh yeah, man. yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. I forgot he's with Lori Harvey. God damn. Yeah, like, man, hey. Hey, that man, that man doing his thing. 
Clap, <laughs> clap Chloe Bailey's cheeks. Now you go ahead and going back home. Be like, yeah, I'm oh. saying, go right back home. <laughs> Let me go ahead and compare. <laughs> I was bailing, bro, but yeah, oh my gosh, that, that was it. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I was shook. So I wasn't expecting that scene at all. And it was so early on too, but like at the same time, it was like a glimpse into seeing how crazy freaking uh, Dre was. Just because it was like she wasn't even phased by what they were doing, she was like. Really, just staring at dude the whole time. I'm like, bro, what? Bro? I honestly, now that I think about it more, and after watching like the series twice, I felt like she was looking at him, talking about like, you better not be hurting her, or else I'll kill you. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, so she, it was like she already read her vibe that he was bad news, and you know, that's what that's what I was that's what I was thinking. Like at the same time, but yeah. it's really weird. Like you don't do that, you know? like, like. I don't know. I don't care if the, I don't like the person or not. I'm not just going to be like. <laughs> Looking at the screen, just be like. And then Dave, Dave's an injured, just get it in. He's just like, yeah, you like this, huh? B bro, I don't think that's the, that's the vibe she's giving out right now. Yeah. Especially the who is just trying to play it on and and talk about like I know you want me girl and then she just over here looking at her like oh hell no <laughs> yeah, bro I'm telling you like and it, it sucks bro because like Chloe Bailey's character like I don't know then there's also theories that maybe Dre killed her which was weird I okay that's a theory I thought that was a given in the beginning because I thought that's why I thought that's why uh, Dre had killed him because I thought it was supposed to be a thing to where he didn't go to the funeral and he was super worried and stuff. And it's been, th been a thing. And I was like, maybe that was the case. But then I watched it on the second viewing. They didn't, they made it apparent. They made it like kind of a thing, but it was more like he was actually afraid of like going. And he was like really sick to his stomach. And it was just one of those things to where Dre was just so mad he didn't go and couldn't really understand that she just went ahead and just snapped and just killed him. But I didn't know. I, I don't know. It just felt, felt I don't like, know. Felt, I, yeah. I, I, but I, I felt like that was the thing that I went with. Like, okay, because at first, when I first watched it, it was more so like, oh, um, her character killed herself, right? That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. And then the reason why Dre killed the boyfriend was because she kind of like blames him for her doing that you know because it's like hey he hurt her and since he hurt her and will will hurt her in a very severe way that led her to led to her demise that's why i was like okay yeah she definitely gonna kill that man you know what i'm saying like you know but she's yeah, already... I don't know. what are you saying i'm sorry no, I was just saying, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I've just heard around people were saying like, I don't know, maybe maybe she could have done it. And I'm just like, huh, that would be crazy. Because, you know, throughout the throughout the episode, throughout the show, you just see her like having more showings of her or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you see her pop up in her head more than once. So it's kind of like, OK, I, I don't know. I don't know. Though. You know what I'm saying? So, I I don't know either. It's just like I I it would have been cool 
it would have been cool if they if they alluded to it a little bit more, but they didn't. They just went up straight up and just said, "Okay, here you go. Here's a dev. Think whatever you want to think." And I feel like Donald Glover does that all the time because he knows yeah. that people like late. Um, but I mean, even going past episode one, I mean, like there are there are so many things about each episode that I did like and that I thought would could have been better. I felt like when we get into episode two, I felt like that was the one to where that one had. I, I feel like that was the one that was the most comedic one to me. Like that oh, yeah. was the one, yeah. Like the beginning scene where like she basically lives in Fayetteville, Tennessee, and straight up becomes a stripper just to go find this one dude that talks shit about her and Nija. And then you have like a, a group of strippers that are just coming in and just talking about like, girl, you better stop singing to that dance. You better not dance into that uh sad shit. And then you and then you have that whole sequence to where they go to a a, the, uh, a group of baseball players and they basically make a whole lot of money. And then towards the end, you see what happens. I was like, that's the most comedic one. Sure. Because it's, that one that that one was just like, I can't take this a lot seriously because it's just so freaking funny what they do here. For sure. I, For sure. Yeah. And then you and then you telling me. Oh my God! You telling me that that one woman, uh, that one stripper that that was so much trying to be friends with Dre, the fact that she was Michael Jackson's daughter, I I laughed my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that to be a thing. I didn't even know who she was. I was like, I Yo, either, bro, I didn't know she was either. And then people were just talking about it. I was like, No way! That's so cool. So yeah. I was like, yo, like Dre talking about like, yo, daddy's black. It's just like, you have black? Yeah, my dad, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but if I have to say my favorite episode from the show, I, man, I have to be, I have to say my favorite episode was episode four. Oh, that, that one, that one was the one to where I felt like this could have been a whole movie and you know, I felt like this is the one to where you really saw Dominic Fishbacks and Billie Eilish's performance really uh, on screen. And if, if anybody doesn't know, Billie Eilish was in this show. This was her acting debut. And I felt like this was a testament to how good uh, Donald Glover can direct. And I feel like it's also a testament to Billie Eilish being able to act because she was very, very good in this episode. And I felt like uh, from start to finish, it just felt like something out of Get Out, something out of a of a twenty four film, uh, of a thriller, and I I thought it was really good. It really played into the psychological horror aspect of the show, man. Oh my gosh, man! What I'm telling you, like I would say it was either this, either four or five for me, but more so four, just because of that those scenes with her between her and Billie Eilish for sure, like. I don't know. It's just the way they did the close-ups of both of them. And, like, it was just, bro, you look at Dominic Fishback's eyes the whole time she was, bro, oh, my gosh. Like, that shit, that, shit, that shit was crazy, man. Like, talking about the milk was red and talking about she kept hitting this person over and over again and she liked it. Like, I was like, bro, that, man. Amazing, amazing. Great, especially the whole sequence where she was, where Billie Eilish character, she's just like, "What's your name? What's your name?" And, 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 and it was just like, 
And I felt, and I felt like in that episode, I felt like, like Billy Eilish just plays a character of Ava. And I felt like this episode, Ava, I felt like if, if, if Dre stayed there, Dre would have been a better person because, oh. yeah, because that shit was a cult because Ava was a cult leader. She was part of a cult. But the crazy thing is, is that they didn't hurt nobody. They didn't kill anybody. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't. They only like, was going on hiking trips, going on I'm saying, if, spa treatments, all that. Exactly, bro. If anything, bro, it seemed like they were just trying to get her mindset right for real. Like, like literally, they were talking like Ava was literally just having a therapy session, getting her to, you know, reflect on the stuff she's done, the stuff she's been through. And I'm saying it actually seemed like there was potential of so much progress being made. But then time, she was all like, wait, what What? what day is it? No, no. <laughs> Not y'all. It's just, I, that's something I noticed. That as soon as she heard Bataru, she was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and it was a, it was, did you realize it was a nice house too? A really yeah. nice house. Very nice house. Only, yeah, yeah. only thing that needed to be better was the bed situation. The bed situation, I was like, it's a dead giveaway. Okay, this is a cold. Oh, yeah. Ain't yeah. no way yeah. in this room where it looked like I'm part of a, a, a psychiatric ward, fam. Bro, give me. Oh, I saw that shit too. I said, oh, nah, I don't know about all that. But, uh, hey, yeah. I, I like what y'all doing here for the most part, though, but. Y'all making flatbreads? Shit, this is a nice-ass cold. Hey, bro, hey, for real. But, like, and then how, like, okay, another thing. You remember how Dre just ate freaking junk food all the freaking time? Yeah. Like, that was that was crazy to me. Like, after she killed that one guy, she just took all the junk food out of his pantry, bro. Took everything, especially that one scene where, like, she meets a dude a DJ who like <laughs> staying away from junk food. One day she eating uh chips or like uh, like those donuts or those donuts, those powdered donuts that are like dry as hell. And then they immediately go into like some sort of food sex. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> what the fuck is that happening? Was so gross. And then when she woke up in the bed with chips and shit all over the fuck, bro, I was that like, was uh, uh. I was so disgusted. Like I get it, but that was so disgusting. I felt like that was a scene that was. I felt like her being in that situation. I felt like it was a way to show that number one, she po, and number two, and number two, she's a glutton. And I feel like it's like she can't get enough of Niger. She can't get enough of junk food. And I felt like that that really got to it. But I I was over here like. Damn, she just eats a whole lot. She just she eats her she eats her ass off, and I was like, I I completely understand. Like she she is driving back and forth to all these different places. She can't cook, so all she got to do is just eat. Even before then, she was eating a whole bunch. It was crazy. So, um, but yeah, man, like there are, oh man, there are so many good things about this. Um, my but I will go in and then talk about some criticisms because, like I said, I watched this show twice. And I also back today before this episode we're recording right now and, and started watching some episodes and I started like thinking about how there are some things that I, I found to be troubling in the show. And one of the things that I ended up talking to my girlfriend about this 
that I thought was interesting was that I I feel like I feel like they had a lot of missed opportunities with explaining certain relationships. And I think specifically for me, they could have done better in explaining a relationship between Marissa, which was Dre's foster sister, with her parent and her parents. Because we get a whole episode that's dedicated to Marissa's parents and just how they feel about Dre. And you clearly can tell they, you know, the father hates Dre. Uh, the mom feels some type of way about Dre as well. You get the following episode to where it's literally like, a, a, like a, a like a like a fake documentary, like a, it's one of those mockumentaries, and um, they straight up go in and just talk about more about the relationship between them. But like with Marissa, there are still questions of like, why would Marissa not tell her parents about, you know staying with Dre. Uh what was the whole deal with Marissa? How did Marissa find Dre again? Like how did they actually like what was their relationship what, like uh after that whole situation in the eighth grade about that sleepover? Like it's like that and that was the thing like episode six, it gives you like a couple of crumbles of information of new stuff regarding certain characters and relationships, but it doesn't do enough to give you more detailed. And I felt like that was something to where they just wanted to do it for the aesthetic. They just wanted to give you a recap of everything, but they didn't want to give you more. And I felt like if they would have done that more in several other episodes, especially when they did like flashbacks or moments whenever Dre remembers Marissa through uh, looking at old videos and stuff, I felt like that would have been great, but they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see exactly what you feel. I, I, I see exactly what you mean by that. Because, like, yeah, I can definitely tell how that could be frustrating because you're just trying to put the pieces together. And then it's like somebody giving you a, a puzzle box and only giving you, like, half of the damn puzzle. And they like, yeah, you if you want to put this, you, if you want to finish this puzzle, man, you just got to, you know, make your own your own pieces for real. Like, but, yeah, I can, I can definitely see what you mean by that. But at the same time, there there's times where I do like when they don't give you too much. And then there's times where I do like when they give you like just enough, just because of the fact that it's like, I don't know. It's like in certain situations, some, some types of shows, I always like when I can like, kind of like put pieces together. And then that kind of just makes like the, what is it? The satisfaction of everything coming together more satisfying just because of the fact that you, it feel like you played a part in that, coming together of everything so but yeah in terms of the whole relationship thing and everything like that you're you're strict you're like you're strictly talking about just like how they were they even started living together and they just ran away well got away from their parents and everything like that pretty much yeah like i felt like they give you like the bare bones and they and i felt like there could have been more that would have been done uh, to it man and i felt like if they just would have added more detailed or showed you more sequences from that from that whole past, I felt like it would have been dope. Um, yeah. I just felt like it was just a couple missed opportunities not to do that. And yeah. I felt like the utilize uh, Chloe in like recruiting episodes, it's like, it's cool because it shows that Dre still misses her and that, you know, she like her, the only things that keep her going is Nyjah and Marissa. But at the same time, it's like, I would like to know more about their past. And at first I was like, maybe you make the you may need to make the episodes longer or you may need to uh, give you more episodes in general because there's only seven episodes. However, yeah. I felt like you could have did the same thing. You could have done all of that in the format that you were that you are in already. Right. And it just didn't. But that goes into another thing that I that I've been thinking about more and more lately. 
uh, Donald Glover, there was an interview that was done by Donald Glover that he pretty much was talking about the characterization of Dre and pretty much he goes in and says like, I don't think Dre needed to have that many layers. And I'm like, well, that's a problem because in the show, like it would have been cool if she did have layers. It would have been cool. Like you showcased in the show that like she had all of these different things about how she's grown up in the foster care system. Uh, she grew up not in the best household with how Marissa's dad viewed her. Uh, her situation, which is how she clings on to Nyjah and Marissa. And like to say like she doesn't have that many layers and that she's just kind of crazy. It kind of goes into like how I felt with how he did the toxic fandom thing to where he does a lot of good things here and speaks some truth. But then there's some other stuff to where I felt like you could have done more to characterize toxic fandoms and how not not everybody is crazy just for the sake of being crazy in this undying love. Yeah. Some people have this have this connection with certain artists or people because they've lived in some fucked up past. And psychologically, it, like this is how I thought about it. I felt like with certain people they associate happy things with certain people. So like with Dre, she associated Nyjah with Marissa because those are her two favorite things. Marissa was somebody that didn't give up on her, that loved her as an actual sister. And then you connect that with Nyjah and just that time they went out to the concert, that, that was a real, that was a, that was a, a big coping mechanism and, a, and her happiest moment in her life. And oh, like, I, I felt like, Donald Glover could have gone more and done some of that and showcase some of that stuff, which is how the thing about toxic fandoms is that it's not just people for the sake of being crazy is that sometimes a lot of these people have fucked up past and why do people go into these fandoms? And I felt like as much as I did like him shining a light on toxic fandoms, he could have done a little bit more by showing multiple perspectives and multiple layers. And he decided not to do that. And you can tell through these interviews, man. I was gonna say, bro, like I didn't even know he said that. That's actually crazy. Cause like, yeah. like me not even watching those interviews made me see, okay, yeah, she definitely has layers. But now that he said that, and now that I'm like, yeah, he definitely could have like put more behind it. Cause I don't know, that could have just made Dre like people, I don't wanna say resonate with her or just be I wanna say me be more understanding of her and her situation. You know what I'm saying? Like connect with her in that sense. Like, yes, we don't condone anything that she's done in these all these episodes, but it's like at least we understand where she's coming from. And then it kind of helps us understand other people who might be similar to that. So, but no, that's actually crazy though. I did not know that. Yeah. And I I like my girlfriend had told me about it this morning, and then I kind of read up on the interview and I was just like. I, that's what what made me go back and watch certain episodes because I felt bad for Dre because yeah, even with sure. stuff that Glover does right in, I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. it, like I feel bad because of the system she's in. Just even that scene with the uh, social worker, the caseworker, yeah. yes. who, who's saying like, y'all always want to find a way to, to 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 say like, okay, here are the pro, like here's why this person did what she did, and just absolve yourself. But you don't want to take accountability and actually knowing what these what these children have gone through. Mm -hmm. But that made me feel bad. But at the same time, it's like there are other moments to where Donald Glover just portrays her as just being one crazy fan, and I'm like, I 
I was like, ah, you could have done a little bit more. And that's why I'm just like, maybe, maybe showcase more of her past, showcase more of her history, all of that. Mm-hmm. But do that. I don't yeah. think it's like something that just makes or breaks the show. I still think the show is great. Yeah. Uh, but it was something that I noticed and, and more reading up on where I was like, maybe this could have been a perfect show if you did something like that. But and I, I could tell he, he, I don't know if, if, if Beyonce or he going to come back for Lion King too, because the way about this beehive, I'm like, yo, this is Bro, great. Man. Hey man, I'm about to say, sometimes it was like point blank obvious. Like I remember they're interviewing somebody in that episode six. And then if you look in the background of dude's room, it had, he had a, a beat, like beat, bait, beehive, uh, like freaking pillow. And then he had like, it was just like a bunch of stuff that was like, okay, we know exactly who you're talking about, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? But no, I definitely know what you mean. Cause like another thing that was kind of like interesting to me was how, you know, in episode seven, like, which kind of takes place like what, like a year or two after we saw her uh, in episode five with the whole parent thing. Um, I was actually kind of like, uh curious about how she was able how she like didn't like kill that the girl that she was like that she was dating the first time whenever she was like oh I do not like Najee you know what I'm saying because oh but yeah that was so yeah because it was like okay it kind of seems like okay yeah she probably had some growth in between those events but it's like we never got to see that or even see how she's able, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause she kind of handled that whole situation very, very easily. Like, so I was like, oh, okay. She, she a new person. Okay, yeah. you. you know what I'm saying? Okay, Tony. And then. All right, Tony, let's go, Tony. Let's go, Tony. Look at that growth, <laughs> growth. You're not, you're not freaking flipping out when somebody says they don't like somebody. But. I mean, you still broke. You still broke, Tony, but hey, man. Positive, I don't know, bro. bro. I'm saying, I don't know how she was getting all them cars and stuff, man. Hey, um, <laughs> she you know what she was doing. She was murdering people for the cars. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was, that's what was crazy. She had a Mercedes, and then she had it was crazy, bro. But like then, whenever that whole that whole other part where she actually killed her, and then I guess like the girlfriend reveals like. For, like since we've been dating, all you've been saying is Naja, Naja, Naja. And how many times do I have to fucking tell you I don't like fucking Naja? Oh my god! <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that was that was something I was like, kind of like, okay. She straight up told her, "I do not fucking like Naja." That's it. Like you bring up Naja one more time, I'ma leave your ass. And she went, she went in. She went in, bro. She went in. She even was like, you you could have flushed the money down the fucking toilet if you wanted to. Anything. (laughs) And then, bro, it was so messed up. I felt so bad for her because she was like, I had to ask my parents for money. And what do you do? You spend $4,000 on some Niger ticket, bro. I was like, dang, man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the first time watching it, I felt bad for, for Dre because I was just like, hey, yo, Dre was just trying to be cool. She was trying to do something nice. Yeah. And 
crazy. But then I see I see it the second time and I'm like, no, she had she deserved everything she got because that was four thousand dollars. That was cool. That was fuck this. You stupid. You stupid. I'm saying, because it's like, bro, y'all in a situation where you ain't got no job and the other person is working, doing grad school, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, come, like, you ain't, come, chill, chill out, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you, you'll catch Naja next year or something. Or, or I don't know. Just, just, just chill out. Because, like, bro, like, I get it. And then I even get how whenever she was killing her, she was saying the whole thing of like, I just wanted to share you, share her with you and everything. Like, I get that because I don't know. It's like when you're in a relationship or something like that, sometimes the other person might not like the exact things you like. You know what I'm saying? But because they're important to you, you kind of just want to share that with them. So, you know, that's just another way y'all of y'all connecting with each other. But yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe she overdid it. I don't know. I thought I thought I, I saw both. I saw both. I saw both right. perspectives yeah. to it. And that's just how I navigate sometimes. It's like I saw I felt I felt bad for Dre because it's like, yeah, she did tell you that she doesn't like Nyjah. And like at the same time, and, and it's like they're in relationships. Someone could be like, I hate this motherfucker. Like I can say I hate Drake. And somebody <laughs> I can't say that. But I say I don't like Drake. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that, but I could be like, I don't like Drake. And then, you know, my girl talk about like, oh, I love Drake. I love this person. And then talk about like, listen, I got tickets to Drake. And it's like, I don't want to go. But it's like, you know what? You like this person. You've done it. You want to bring me with him. Okay, let's go watch him. So yeah. it's, I get it. So it's like that. But then I saw old girl's perspective, his her girl, <laughs> where she straight up was just like, I told you so many times, I don't like Nyjah. And just how that's become like a top five trending topic to her. And she probably just blew a gasket because it's like, not only are we going to see a concert from somebody I don't like, I genuinely don't like, but also uh, you spent $4,000 on yeah. tickets, on four seats. 4000 that's, like, that's two months worth of rent. Uh, yeah. And it sometimes one month's worth of rent knowing how the market's over there in that bullshit yeah. area. But, exactly. but you, so like I, she was justified in her anger. I think it was just overall a sad situation because the way how it went out and just how like Dre's just, Dre went to this girl's family. Uh, she went to number five's family <laughs> and, and, and got to meet number five. And you know what I'm talking about, right? When I say that. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, yeah, she got to see her family. They gave her food. They were actually good parents because the parents were like, I don't envy you kids. This shit is too expensive and the world sucks. I was just like, I have never, I have barely heard any black parents say that. That is amazing. So you know they were good, they were good parents. Ooh, uh, they, they really were, which, which made it even sadder, bro. Like, uh, and there were so many good moments between them where they were like, you know, Showing they love and everything like that. I was like, okay, hey, a new beginning. Uh, new beginnings. I felt like that was the family Dre should have went to uh, when she was still a foster child, when she was still Dre. Because I felt like they would they, it felt like they were the ones who were very nurturing. They were loving. They were understandable. Uh, because when you look at, when you look at the family that she was in earlier, Marissa's family, her dad straight up did not like her because 
she thought that she was a lesbian and she thought she was getting way too close and she was weird. And he, and it seemed like the only reason he had took her in was to get a check because he yeah. talked about never taking that check from the government. Mm-hmm. No matter anything I've done, I should have never taken a check. And it's like, that is the thing that's wrong with the foster care system sometimes is that parents go in and, and, and just get foster children, not even for the sake of the child, but for the sake of just getting a check and getting help from the government. And that is problematic. That is very problematic. I'm about to say, because like, if you think about it in like a grand scheme aspect, like, that's like, you're you're setting up somebody's life at that point. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're like taking them in from whatever situation they had. Like if you're going into it with that wrong perspective of like, oh, I'm just doing it for the check. Like I don't care about the growth and development of this person at all. Then it's like, dude, you're just like, you're you. It's like you're you're un. What is it? Um, unconsciously turning someone into some something that's that's like opposite of what they could be. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, yeah, you're like straining them down or unconsciously straining them down a bad path, and. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's like, bro, that's crazy, man. And then, like, uh, what was it? In the documentary thing, it was crazy to me because, like, the mom on there was acting completely different than the mom in, what is it, episode five, wow. right? Because, like, the mom in episode five was like, oh, hey, Dre. You know, like, all this other stuff. You know, like, acting on, like, basically, like, it seemed like her and dad were on the same page and stuff, right? But I, yeah, yeah. But then, like episode six, she was like, "Oh, I just wish I, I wish I didn't give her like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wish I didn't give her away. I wish I'd done more. I feel so ashamed of myself. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that was a, yeah, that was what I was thinking. I feel like that was just to show like a passage of time, and also just show like Marissa's mom was straight up just like I kind of figured all of this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of when." And just time had passed, and it's just like her husband's oh, you're gone. Right. You're right. Her you daughter's gone. Completely, completely. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah right. her, her husband died of prostate cancer. Her daughter died because she killed herself or whatever theory you want to go on. And then they also show you that they had, I guess, a son that I believe, I don't know, that died at birth. Was that was that true or no? It died at, it seemed like it was. It was it was something like he lost his son, and I think it was somewhere it was like he may have lost him at birth because it was a, it, it was I, I think it was just like they were getting ready and they were a junior and stuff I don't know but she had gone through all of that grief and she has all that time of reflection she was probably like I should have never done this and I think yeah. she was like I wanted to keep her but then you know my husband was just all of this and stuff and I it was a losing battle and, and it's Texas man I. I would not be surprised if, you know, there was some Repub- some conservative bullshit or some traditional type of stuff. I don't know. I'm not even going to get into that. But, like, yeah, that, that last episode was sad because it's just like Dre or Tony in this situation could have been in a better situation, uh, was, was, was in a loving relationship. She gets, she gets Nyjah tickets. Her partner just blows up on her face, and she snaps, reverting back to old ways, and then... The, the the last sequence of the of the show, she pretty much goes to that Nyjah concert, and then, okay, this is this is another thing. Um, that ending, that ending was so weird, and I, 
I was thinking the same thing, especially with how we just kept being Chloe Bailey's face the whole time. Like, and that's why I said that, like, I feel like it's one of those things to where she associated Marissa with Nyjah as the because those are the two those are the two people or the two moments where she's at her happiest. So she always viewed Nyjah. She always viewed Marissa as like Nyjah as as godly as her. But mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like you have to watch that in multiple takes to understand that because that was just so weird, and you know. Oh, and you know, in episode four, where like in episode four, she talks about how like she used to pray and how like she realized that God is just an echo. It's just whatever in your thoughts. And then the last episode was titled Only God Makes Happy Makes Happy Endings. So my whole thing is that I think I think she was just dreaming or or she was just in her own thoughts and believed that. You know, once she like instead of getting arrested and stuff and escorted out the building, you know, she was finally with Nyjah and she was happy. But then in reality, she got arrested. And then it leads to episode six where the detective is trying to go to Atlanta to talk to her. Exactly. That's exactly what it was like, because at first I was confused, too. I was like, bro, did she get arrested or not? But then I was like, oh, wait, in episode six, they're saying they got her because somebody tried to run the stage and all that other stuff. So. If anything, episode seven was just like a play off of what they were discussing in episode six for real. So I guess we're yeah. just looking at all that through Dre's perspective for real, you know? Yeah. Also, I'm not, I'm gonna be real. I don't like that detective. That detective was kind of bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that that detective was just straight up just trying to was trying to get on a come up because she was talking about how like this type of case can make it break it for her and how you know, this could this could really make a detective's day. And then she was the the way how she she was talking to people and, and just how she was asking questions. Like when the mom was crying, when Marissa's mom was crying, she was like, she put out that line, like, this is the hardest job moms can have. And I'm just like, she said in a way to where I was like, I'm just saying this for fucking theatrics. And then um when she went to the caseworker and and, and kept dig- digging in, I'm like if you're a mother, you, 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 if you're a mother or if you're someone who you think you really are, you should really understand that you dig it in this hard is not that necessary. But I felt like she was a little bit full of shit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. But oh, overall, man, like if you had to give this like a, like a grade or anything like that, what'd you give this show? I'm going to give it like a, like an 8, 8.5. I liked it a lot. So I'd probably give it around. I, I give it like a I give it like an eight. I give it like an eight. And I also uh if I had to get this like a like a like a like a grade itself, I give it like a I give I still give it like a I, I might go down from a B plus to a B. I feel, no, I'm gonna give it a B plus because it's still it's still good for a lot of things. I think all the negatives and criticisms I gave out, it's either not as big or like you have one big thing that drops it from like an A or something or like a a nine. But yeah. no, it's a Another great entry into black psychological horror, man. I, I I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed it. Me too. Me too. And I just hope, like I said earlier, Dominic Fishback better get all her dang awards. All of them. Man, after what happened to Angela Bassett, I just don't have faith no more. I know, man. I'm just trying to hold on to something, bro. Dang. I, I don't. 
Well, Emmys, I don't know. It could be, it could be some, but I don't know. I really don't know. It's a limit. It's a limited series. It, Billie Eilish is in it. I would not be surprised if they literally just had the show and Billie Eilish won over Dominic Fishback. You know, because because everybody was going more on Billie Eilish acting on it than than Dominic Fishback. And I'm not saying Billie Eilish doesn't deserve the credit she got. Like she did a great job, but Dominic Fishback was the star. She is the the strongest thing about it. And I don't know. Like I I I just I just don't trust award shows as much. I don't go crazy, so I don't I don't do nothing. But yeah, man. Yeah. Um, hey, at the end of the day, hey, let's just be happy for them boys that they made a great project and showcased some great performances. And I guess we just we honestly got just gonna leave it at that. It's like you know them awards, you know. And they are in our control. So. Yeah, those are whatever. But yeah, good show. Um, I feel like this is what Donald Glover has been wanting to do for for a while. Just make projects that's like, um, that's just create that's just creative and doesn't have to be like multiple seasons and stuff like that. Because I feel like after Atlanta, he was straight up just like, I want to do other things. I want to do more projects. I want to do more shows. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna let my creative juices flow. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I, I totally understand why you want to do it. And I, I'm waiting to see more. Honestly, you, I, I, he can do an anthology series right now and I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. I mean, he could, but uh, yeah, man, I, I like this and I like this show, but let's go ahead and, uh, man, hold on. One quick question. Do you think Dominic, okay. Who do you think you would who do you think would win in a in a fight or, or like in a who do you think would win in like a, a, a like a murder off uh Dominic Fishback or Mia Goff? That's a girl from uh what is it, X and stuff? From X and Pearl, specifically Mia Goff's portrayal in Pearl. Who would win? I ain't gonna lie, bro. That you remember that video you dropped of that the, the credits rolling and stuff? Yeah, I think that alone would probably make me give it to her. I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't even finish your video because of how disturbing stuff is. I, man, I that I would say is a tough one for me. I I would say maybe, but I'm just thinking in the sense of like watching all that stuff play out. I feel like I could see. I could watch Dominic push back. Yes, I might be a little disturbed, but I ain't gonna be like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Yeah, um, no, I get I get that. No, I get that. Uh all right, let's go into one real quick thing. And this will be probably like the last thing we talk about because I don't think there's like nothing too much to go off of today. Uh, especially this being like the first time we're doing like two episodes in a week and you, but like yeah. Yeah, but I'll go off and I'll talk about some of my own and and say this. Um, Shazam Fury of the Gods. I watched that this past weekend. I was able to kind of like have a uh, like a review for it. Uh, I'm going to try to edit uh, a YouTube video review of it, but I already put a review out on TikTok and kind of just putting out my thoughts real quick uh, was straight up just I thought. The movie is entertaining for families. It has kind of the same aspects as the first Shazam film, but I think overall it's not as good as the first one. I felt like it was 
a little bit more uh, cringy. I feel it was more jokey with Zachary Levi as Shazam. Uh, and there were some moments in there to where I felt like it's predictable as fuck. And they have one moment in there with a certain character that was shoehorned in so bad that I was just like, wow, you really did this. But um, yeah, so with all that being said, I don't know if you noticed, but Shazam Fury of the Gods this past weekend only made $60 million on a budget of $100 million plus. Yeah, I the forecast wasn't looking good like even before they uh they even released it. Like, I don't know. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the movie just wasn't, I guess, exciting people for real. Yeah, and I'm and and like I was a little surprised because I was like, okay, I thought it would make like eighty million or maybe it would make a hundred million or something like that because it's a superhero film. It's Shazam. Uh-huh. People love Shazam the first time, but I guess this was different. And I was like, whoa. And I went in and I kind of had my thoughts. And I thought I'd take this time to kind of like talk about some things. I'm like, why this movie didn't make its money? And I'll go off and I'll start off by saying, uh, I I think it's I think it's DC and I think with everything that's going on with DC and just how they're making all these changes, I think people were just like, I don't, I don't feel like watching this movie if it really doesn't matter or, um, you know, I'm already going to, I'm already confused with what's going on. I don't want to be more confused because remember we got the DC, this is the last year for all projects, part of the old Zack Snyder timeline, the DCEU timeline. And the fact that this this is like the last line of movies for them and we're going in and we're going into this new universe created by James Gunn, it's kind of like, dang, like what are the point of some of these films? Like the only film that seems like it's going to matter the most is Flash. But like when you look at Shazam, Aquaman 2, and sadly Blue Beetle, it's like some people may be acting like, what's the point of watching these films if they're not part of the big universe? I thought, oh, after Flash, everything is supposed to be, like, set in the new timeline thing. Yeah, a- after Flash, everything's set in a new timeline. But then I think Aquaman 2 is still part of the DCEU because that movie's been delayed like crazy. I can, understand, should- I can understand that one for sure. I don't know about... I thought, because, like, he James Gunn mentioned Blue Beetle and, like, how he'll play, like, a big part in everything. So that's why I was like, oh, okay, okay, but... I don't know. Like, I feel like Blue Beetle is going to be a part of DCU. I really just don't know. Like, I feel he should. But there's so many questions right now about, like, Blue Beetle. Because, like, I'm I'm afraid of Blue Beetle not getting the best reaction because he's such an obscure type of character. Like, if you read into the comics or you watched shows like Blue, uh, Batman, The Brave and the Bold, or Young Justice, then you know Blue Beetle. Uh, especially Young Justice, you watch season two of it because he was pretty much the main focal point of the show of that season. But right now, it's like mainstream audiences. It's like don't know. You don't know if that's going to be a huge thing. And honestly, it's like eh, I I don't know if he'll if he'll come out successful. Uh, right. He he could end up being another one of those characters where people don't really understand, or he could be. Uh, the new Spider-Man of the DCU. 
where people love him every time movie come up. I'm about to go see that new Blue Beetle, but I don't know. But going into just that whole conversation, it's like a lot of people aren't going to be watching these films because it's part of the old timeline and everyone's gearing up for the new timeline. And that's when all of the movies and the TV shows are actually going to matter. And I feel like I feel like Shazam, Fury of the Gods being part of that old timeline, it just got the bad end of the stick. And it's it really sucks. No, yeah, I definitely feel that, bro. I I don't know. And then plus, I think like the marketing for this movie wasn't as good as it could have been either. Because I heard like people was talking about that too, like in the sense of like why it was kind of like flopping. But yeah, the marketing I think was pretty horrible. Uh, Well, I won't even say horrible. I'll say it's bad because the movie itself was not marketed well. I think a lot of people were like, okay, this just seems predictable from the jump. Um, the whole, there was this, they used the Eminem song, be like, here comes the champ or whatever that fucking song was. And it just got really annoying. Also, I don't know why they did this, but I'm really tired of certain studios doing it. Stop adding in the big cameo or the big twist into your TV spots or your trailers. Cause I don't know if you've seen it so far yet, but they, I've seen seen the trailer and I was like, oh, she's in it. I was kind of like, why would y'all show that, bro? It's like, it's almost like, see, at that point, they're just trying to force the excitement for people to go watch it rather than just, I don't know, just focusing on, okay, let's, let's keep our big, let's keep our big things, but let's focus on, you know, ways we can still make the big thing that we're hiding something people want to see you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah it's just i'll just go ahead and say it like wonder woman was in this movie and i felt like she was not needed well she would it like it made sense for her to be in the film because the characters that are the villains and everything are associated with her but the fact that they used her in a way to where it was like a big old plot armor plot device type of thing i hated that shit bro like me and my girl watched this film and when she came in she came in saying it was like she came in saying there's still one left. Her theme goes on, and I'm just like, the fuck? Where this bitch come from? <laughs> I was like, yo, where she come from? It, it was super forced. I'm not gonna go ahead and give you the reason why she was there, because I felt like that's a bigger spoiler than her. But like, I was just sitting there just saying, what, what was the point of that? But. I mean, I, I that the marketing for this movie was bad. Also, I think another one, I think this will be the last one. I think it's just Shazam follows the same type of template that people have been getting tired of. It is that people are getting kind of tired of superhero films being overly quippy or overly mm-hmm. joke. And I feel like, and this isn't just a DC thing. This isn't just a Marvel thing. It's it's a it's a thing about a lot of films, specifically with superhero films, because. I feel like a lot of people can get away. A lot of people were able to get away with making films that were like overly jokey and it would just be lighthearted, lighthearted, heartwarming, fun and stuff like that. But it's like now with films like Thor, Love and Thunder, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, this film, everything else, especially with the criticism that Zachary Levi is too goofy as Shazam, people were just like, I'm not here for this. I'm not watching that. This is just too, this is too cringy for me. And I get that. So, yeah. and, and it really says a lot in the Rotten Tomato score too, because this movie has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, 
you know what? I know people like to talk shit about Rotten Tomatoes, but let's just be real. Rotten Tomatoes is everyone's number one source to figure out if a movie is good or not, a good or not, if watching a film. Let's just not kid ourselves and, and be like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes is the worst place ever. No, you use Rotten Tomatoes every single time. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah. You know, that's what we'll be real about that. But... Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie. I I do too, but I mean I don't just let it like phase me into not watching something. Like, or at least I don't let it like coerce my what is it, my opinion or how I how I saw the movie. I think that's another thing too. Because I, I feel like a lot of people would just be like, Oh, the movie bad, according to Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not gonna watch it. So. so you can watch a movie and make your own opinion if you really want to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. Like I just I'm getting real tired of like I don't know, yeah, people just talk. Yeah, it's like it's it's like a simple formula for this stuff. I know exactly what you mean, bro. Especially with the thing of Zachary Levi. Like I do like Zachary I, I like Zachary Levi. I think he's like because like I was it that show Chuck, I love him in that show, bro. Like he was he was so good in that show, and then when I heard he was going to be playing that Shazam, I was like, okay, cool, you know, like hey, maybe some chance to show some more depth and you know all that good stuff. But it's like, like I don't know, it's like even the first movie, it seemed like the kid version of him definitely showed up rather than him, if that makes sense. Because it's like when he in superhero mode, it's just like funny stuff yeah and it was just weird but um um man there, there was just so many things about this film is weird i'm gonna say this real quick uh there was a scene in this film where the movie set in philadelphia but in the distance there was an atlanta hawks trailer <laughs> and i was thinking, what the fuck <laughs> Like it was literally a trailer for the Atlanta Hawks, and I was like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> it, I was like, "Did they not fix this in post?" But it was. Yeah, the it big was... designer probably quit or some shit, man. Yeah. Um, but you know, even the director said he knew this was gonna be bad, like from the jump, which is crazy. I was like. Yeah. I'm dead serious. Like the director was like, "Yeah, I knew this movie was gonna be bad." Like, I was like, "Bro, <sighs> really said that? Damn!" I'm, I'm I'm not even I'm not even joking. Look this up. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna look it up. Look it up. Because because when a director says that game that their movies their movie is not gonna be that great, it's just like, whoa, that is not good at all. Okay. Sandberg, Shazam, two, not good. I'll just say that because I can't remember the guy's first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hold on. Here's one. Uh, Shazam two director swears off superhero movies after criticism done with superhero. I don't know if I believe this or not. Oh, okay. Oh, this is a real thing. Okay, that this ooh, this sucks. Uh, that sucks, man. Okay, you wanna you wanna you want me to uh share share this uh 
this article on you real quick about the movie, about what the director said? No. Yeah, hold on. Let me show you real quick. Uh, here it is. Uh, as I've been saying for a while, oh, well, hold on. As I've been saying for a while now, I'm very eager to go back to horror as well as trying some new things. After six years of Shazam, I'm definitely done with superheroes for now. Sandberg tweeted out on March 20th in response to the film's run tomato score. I don't regret even for a second even to make Shazam films. I've learned so much and gotten to work with some truly amazing people. Will forever be grateful that I got to direct two of these. They've been very challenging but valuable experiences. One thing I've been looking forward to is disconnecting from the superhero discourse online. A lot of that stresses me out so much, and it would be nice not having to think about that anymore. Honestly, okay, this isn't what I thought it was in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and I'm I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad about that because you know what? Let's just be real. Uh, people complain so fucking much about superhero films, like it's crazy. Yeah, and also. I think he has been saying this for a while, and I think he, I, I think he's just like, yeah. But uh, to him to say that the movie's not that great, I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, he's just being honest. But yeah, the film just oh, wasn't that. It was just. It was. He was saying, I got paid all my money up front. I think that's yeah. He said something like that. That's when I was like, oh, and it like I was like, bro. You know what's crazy? I said this movie wasn't even going to be that great. I was like, this movie keeps getting delayed. I'm like, watch this movie not be that great. If a movie keeps getting delayed like that, and, it, it, you know, it's not even that interesting, it's like, it's not even that freaking great. <laughs> because it, it was just, nah, nah, fam. Um, and you would say, like, well, if I, every movie gets delayed, like, that means it's bad, right? What about the Batman? The Batman got delayed because they wanted to add some stuff in. And then they put it out there, and it was it was one of the best movies of 2022. This movie kept getting delayed uh, be, because it was just, I don't know, if it just wasn't ready yet, and they just, no, uh, they were trying to fast-track shit. It was not good, so I don't know. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, man, just... I, I found it, bro. He said, okay, huh? and I said I found it. It says, and I now deleted Reddit comment. The director of Shazam 2 stated... Uh, he was not surprised at all, and he knew where the film was heading a long time ago. He said, no worries. It's not like this comes as a surprise. I saw where this was heading a long time ago. I'll be all right, though. I got paid all my money up front and then put a smiley emoji. I don't think that's real, because I don't think a director would ever want to go out and say something like that. That is not, this can't be real. That can't be real. Hold on. What was the director's name? Uh, David Sandberg. All right, David Sandberg. That that can't be real. That that can't be real. That can't. I'm looking this up too. Okay, no, I can't. I can't find it right now, but I, I'll, I'll go back and later and look into it later. Probably bring it up. In the next episode. Oh, bro, I hope it ain't because I saw because it was it was something else I saw where he said that I think it was something on YouTube, but it, I think it was like from uh, from like a a good source. Like it wasn't like from no. Hey guys, uh, here's another video talking about DC. No, like it was from a like a legit source. I was like, oh my gosh, he said that, and then. 
this is the second time I've seen it from a different source. So that's why I was like, huh. Well, guys, let's talk about how woke. Uh, DC has become an woke bullshit. It's like, yeah, not from no. Maybe because they put too much women in the shows. Maybe they did. You know, all these black people seemingly be a little too woke for my kind. You mean too niggerish for you, goddammit? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that's interesting if that's true, but I don't think it's true. I'd put a smiley face and then talk about how much money you got up front. I wouldn't even say hey, that. that. You got a hat, a song. Shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. That's all. That's it. That's all I can say. Yeah. No. Nah, no. Nah. But no. Nah, that that was my thoughts on Shazam too, and just kind of just putting that out there. Why I think it just didn't do well in the box office. I think it's a. I think it's a a good film for families and also for streaming. But it, this film just yeah man, it was a disappointment. And I saw the first one, uh, the day before going to the theater. And I was like, the first one, I was like, oh, it has a lot of charm and it has a lot of good moments, but there are still problems with that film too. But um, it was enjoyable though. It was definitely, it was definitely enjoyable for sure. Yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. Hold on. Hey, before we go, I just peeped that X-Men shirt uh, with Storm on it. Uh, Apparently, Chloe Bailey said that she wants to play Storm. No. 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 Why? Why? No, I I'm gonna be real with you, bro. Storm is if 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 not, no. Storm is one of like probably like top three, top five favorite X Men of all time for me. I right? like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wholeheartedly real with you. So when I say y'all better, y'all need to portray this woman in the best way possible. I mean it. Holly Berry, hey, she did what what she was given. You know what I'm saying? The other girl, she, 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 nah. Now, because literally, I'm so tired of how they depict Storm. They keep messing her up. They keep making her just, what, cause some wind gusts and throw some lightning when she can do so much more. All right. Now, for Chloe Bailey to come out and say that is, is completely disrespectful. Because I cannot even picture her doing an African accent enough to even, like, you know, do that. Storm is Storm is African, bro. So we need somebody who is dark skinned to portray this woman. Like, like you, it, she, she either gotta be brown skin or dark skin, bro. It can't. So who? So who? Who would you want her to be portrayed by? Because I'm not saying I I, I disagree with you. I feel like those are all valid points. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, uh, I just told Kelly, but you were like, no, 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 no. Great ass, though. Don't get me wrong. She probably got the body for it, but nah, man. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I would say, what's her name? What's her name? That girl from uh, Queen and Slim. I like her. I think she could do it. No, I, I don't know about her. I don't know about her. Because I saw her in Queen and Slim, and I was like, "Okay, she'd be cool. She's a she's a cool actress." But then I saw she fits the look for sure. That's all I'm saying. Like she definitely fits the look in my eyes. And then, yes, her acting wise, I don't know because I saw her in that movie with Michael B. Jordan. It was the Tom Clancy film, and Mm -hmm. and that was the one where I was like, her acting was so wooden and it was so bad. I felt really bad. That movie was wooden though. So it's like, 
Hey. That movie, yeah, that movie was bullshit. It was wood. That oh man. Was I don't know. I know she's portrayed. She's played in other things. I just haven't seen. But like, she definitely fits the look. I'm trying to think of who else could eat, could as well. Cause it, there's more than just her. I'm just saying. Like, all <laughs> uh, I know, is, bro. I'm just tired of people nerfing like superheroes and stuff. Like that stuff is annoying. I feel. I know. I know one actress I would love to see in a certain role is Kiki Palmer as Rogue. Kiki Palmer, bro, bro, that would be so cool. Oh my gosh, dude! Like, hey, manifest, manifest. I hope so. That would actually mm-hmm. be really cool. Though that's one of the that's one of the moments where I'm just like, honestly, race swapping is better. <laughs> I mean, because think about it, because it's like Rogue's character is like country as hell, right? So it's like, man. Man, man, Kiki Palmer up in there, bro. and let yeah, her get her, her southern accent. We all good to go. That's she what, got what I'm get her get let her get that Louisiana Mississippi accent down, bro. Yeah, she gonna be all right. for real. <laughs> but then you gotta make get uh, <laughs> it'd be fucked up if Gambit's white. <laughs> it's, it's just be like, oh shit. Right, I mean, man, who would be Gambit? Gambit gotta be black too. Or or yeah, he don't have to be black, but he gotta be he gotta be he gotta be a Rizzler, you know what I'm saying? That man got a Riz. Like he gotta. he gotta be someone that looks like he can Riz and can Riz. Like you gotta be able to watch his scenes and be like, Ali, I didn't roll shit. You better you better take that man. He got to be someone that you look at your girl uh, watering over. You look at him, you be like, you know what, babe? I can see why. Okay, you go. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? Because you feel it too. Like, like I don't know. I don't, I, I'm trying to think of like, people who have portrayed like love and stuff like that in a scene, and you be laughing little, like you getting rizzed up your damn self. Because it's like, dang, this guy cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. Well, but yo, this guy is yo, he legit, bro. At this oh. point, you be you up, you be like, oh shit. No, <laughs> you no, no. I'm saying, but no, nah, I'm about to say they better not mess up, bro. Okay, I'm gonna just say it like this. If the MCU messes up X-Men, I'm probably never gonna watch that movie again. If it, oh, if, if right. the MCU is a fantastic four, that's the end. I'll be like, yeah, you fucked this up. I'm about to say, I don't be caring about Fantastic Four enough for that. But yes, they need to. They better not mess them up either, bro. Like, cause I don't know. All I know is, y'all better have some Omega level mutants. Y'all better have some some. I don't know. Y'all better show the whole divide very clearly instead of making it like another freaking what is it? Cause it's like it's like basically they just be putting like them mutant movies like them in like the same context as like them racist movies. Well, look at you, oh, you. I- like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the hell? It's just, just like, hold on, the way you said that made me laugh. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, bro, because that's literally what it's like, isn't it? Like, okay, because like that's another reason why I really like X-Men, because it's like, it kind of shows like how being different makes you look like I don't know they're you're you're treated different just for being different which is which is a nice subject to touch upon but yeah 
Yeah, but I just don't want it to be like, like a fucking, like another one of those fucking movies where it's like, oh, oh, I can't show my powers. I, I gotta like, and then you save somebody with your powers because they would have freaking died if they did it. And then the person you save is like, you fucking, you fucking mutant, get your fucking mutant ass out of here. It's like, I just saved you from a burning building. Bro, like what was it? Motherfucking um, it was one of them uh, them them, them X Men Apocalypse. It was a bad movie, but you know it's still happening, <laughs> right? So what was it? Magneto, he been living his like a good life, you know, just staying under the radar, off the grid. Got a new family, got a kid, all that stuff like that, bro. He is literally living his life as a regular, regular person. And then, of course, something happened at work, right? A big, no, like a pot probably is the big, the size of my room, falling. And some guy, ah, ah, <laughs> can't move. He stops the pot from falling on him, saves his life. And, of course, people see that. And what do they do? They call the authorities. They kill his, his wife and kid. What? What did you? That 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 was the one that I I I do dislike that trope from time to time. It's real because people be like, it's real sometimes because I'm like, you hear stories of black people just saving other people and they still hate them. But like that whole thing, it does get annoying though. Where it's just like, okay, if you think like common sense wise, like I just saved you, so I'm not a threat. I'm just working. I ain't got no problems. But like, I don't know. People just uh, I don't know. It's some. Um, it's something that is mirrored in real life too. Like that, that does happen from time to time. Like you say somebody, but people still want to talk shit. I mean, it, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. But like with X-Men though, I, with X-Men, sorry, I thought I heard something weird, but, uh, um, there is a, uh, there is an idea they could do. They could, they could not do the whole, uh, typical X-Men stuff we've seen time to time. And they could just do a whole series based on like the uh the whole island or the whole planet that they that they now create. It's called Krakoa, where I think Charles Xavier just goes up to Magneto and he just says, "Hey, listen, fam, I we we uh, I fucked up. Oh, I I am not perfect. Uh, fuck the humans. Uh, how about we just band together? We just make our own place." And Magneto's like, "I did." <laughs> and then they go out make Krakoa, and then. Basically, the Brotherhood of Mutants and then the X-Men, every mutant in there is invited to live there. And it's like paradise. And it was a very it's a very interesting story. It, they could the MCU could just straight up do that. Um, I'm saying, bro. This, yeah, there's like so many points to touch on. And then like how Professor X got his view. Magneto got his view. And it's like, even though they're on this, like, dude, it's like the depth of this whole concept as a whole is so good. And I'm going to be really mad if they just fuck it up. That's all I'm going to say. I would be, I would be mad too if they mess it up. I feel like X-Men is just one of those, uh, X-Men is one of those uh, platforms or one of those series where it's like, you listen, <laughs> you're with your original creators. <laughs> Now we you're on the good hands now. Please don't mess this up. If you mess this up, it's done. 
It's over. You can't. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I understand. And then you pull them in. You put a gun in their head. Listen. <laughs> you better not mess this up. You understand me? <laughs> like, I, I mean it. <laughs> I'm about to come say, in. bro. Like, 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 in. like in the movies where they be all like, you, uh, you got a family, Jim? You got a family? How's uh, how you, how the kids? Hey, Kevin. Kevin, how the kids? Kevin, I know you got a family, right? Kevin, fuck this up for me. I'll fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, 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 Kevin. No more jokes. No more funny bits. No more, no more bad CGI. I know you fired that bitch. I know. <laughs> I'm the one who did it. You know where she's at? She's sleeping with the fishes. So if you know what's best for you, get this shit right. <laughs> You want to see your family. That's literally, that's literally what, what pretty much the whole fan was like, Kevin Feige, you fucked this up for me. Bro, I'm serious, bro. And I'm telling you, if they mess up X-Men, bro, all comic book fans are going to go crazy. I guarantee it, bro. They will, bro, they will not let Kevin Feige go to sleep at night. I guarantee it. They will not. You better go, you better go to sleep one out open, nigga. Coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I, Kevin Feige sweating bullet to the next comic card. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> wax. <laughs> wax, um, so uh, we're, we're going to show Cass. We're going to show Cass. I'm, oh. I'm over in the background. I'm just looking at the back. I'm just looking at him like this. And he's just looking at me. He's like, uh, 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 uh. so <laughs> Rogue is going to be Kiki Palmer. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. And then I'm just like, <laughs> You know, we uh, we uh, and I, I think this is the way it was like, and, and the and the person playing Storm is Chloe Bailey. Oh, oh, and I'm just looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in the back, Kevin. <laughs> but and then plus, and then another thing with Chloe, like I feel like she she has what it takes to act. I guess I just haven't seen like a side of her where she like portrays depth a lot in the character you know what i'm saying like i think i just haven't seen that yet too i feel like that's another reason why i'm like oh eh, about it. i don't i don't think she would be the greatest choice i i just feel like it's everything what you said you need someone who's more brown skin dark skin someone who's more of an african descent uh i think chloe bailey would just be there for eye candy just because um i feel like she i mean she got the body for it but oh Damn it, damn it, uh, Idris figured figure that out, but but I'm yeah, no, nah, I, I wouldn't pick Chloe Bailey as her, so I'm serious. But all right, let's go ahead and just end the show real quick because we got so much stuff going on today, both you and I. But Lance, I want to tell you so much for coming on to today's episode, as always. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, so we'll be back. We'll be back on Friday with a brand new episode recording, but be on the lookout for new episodes on Spotify and on YouTube. Also be on the lookout for YouTube videos, TikTok videos, all of that, and Instagram videos as well, day to day. But until then, I'm your host, Jordan Malone. This is Lance Williams. Thanks for listening to The Midnight Drop. It's always a pleasure having you be here. We hope you guys have a good day. Peace. All right, peace, y'all.